I got my miracle. 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 This is the place for miracles. In in 1 Samuel chapter 30, we find David. David um, was, was approximately 30 years old at this time. And according to historians, he had run from King Saul for some eight to nine years. Now, if you remember the story, he had killed Goliath. And, and Saul, king, the king, took him in kind of as, as a protege. But uh, Saul got very jealous and got very angry when people began to sing the songs that, uh, that Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. And he got very angry and he, he tried to kill David and David had to run for his life. And during these eight to nine years hiding out in caves, he finally took his, his family and 600 men and their families, and they settled in a place called Ziklag. Now, Ziklag was in the Philistine area. Now, it's remarkable that he would go there because the Philistines were the natural enemies of Israel. But the Bible says that he went there because he didn't believe that Saul would follow him into the Philistine region. Well, they got involved in a war that they shouldn't have gotten involved in. The Bible tells the story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And when he and the 600 men came home from the war and they crossed over the hill, they saw the, they saw this, the smoldering embers of Ziklag. A raiding party of the Amalekites had come in and had burned Ziklag to the ground. And all that remained was the little plumes of smoke from the ashes. Well, that was bad enough, but when they got there, they found out that the Amalekites had kidnapped all their wives and children. Their families had been taken. They were not killed, but they were taken away. And the Bible says that David and his men wept. They wept openly and they wept so much. They cried so hard until there were no more tears. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Have you ever had a loss in your life and you have cried and you have cried and you have cried until you think you can't cry anymore and no more tears will be produced and yet you're still crying? I know what that feels like. I remember when Lindsay and I lost our firstborn son. We cried and, and literally convulsed. And uh, we cried until there were no more tears, and yet we were still crying. I know what David felt like, and I'm sure you know what David felt like. For, for no doubt you have experienced things of that nature where you've had losses in your life. I, I know, I know what that feels like, and I know that you do as well. Well, uh, history tells us and, and uh, biographers tell us that Middle Eastern men are more prone to cry, and they're not ashamed of the cry. Here in the West, Western world, we, we men, we try to hide our feelings. But, but back in those days, especially around the Middle East, uh, the, the men would, would openly weep when they'd had a loss. And, and the Bible says they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. And then the men got angry and began to say amongst themselves, David, you should have never taken us to that war. That war was not our problem. It was not our, our business. It was not our duty, but we went with you. And now we come home, our city, our possessions, our homes are destroyed and our wives and children have been kidnapped. We've lost everything that we have because we've traveled with you. And they actually thought of killing him. Amongst themselves, the Bible says that they talked about stoning David to death. And David set himself apart from them and had his own weeping session wondering what he was going to do. But here's the key. The Bible says David did something very, very special. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Listen to that. He encouraged himself in the Lord. 
That's a hard thing to do when you've had a loss in your life. Maybe you've had some loss in your life, a, a spouse, a son, a daughter, a job, a ministry, a business, uh, a possessions of some type, maybe a fire or a hurricane or a tornado or something like that, and you've had a loss in your life. Well, God gave me four things to do, four special things to do when you are discouraged, when it feels like the tables have turned against you, when it feels like you've lost and, and there's no way for it to be restored to you. There are four things that God gave me. And I preached this just recently on Facebook, and I, I want to share it with you today. You may want to write it down. You may want to get your tablet or a pen and paper and take these four things down. Number one, here's what David did. He recognized that he did not have to stay discouraged. He recognized that he didn't have to stay discouraged. Discouragement comes from time to time in our lives. Why? Because the devil tries to see to it. The devil comes before to steal and to kill and to destroy. But you don't have to stay discouraged. There's an old fable that tells the story of how one day the devil decided to have a yard sale. And he set out tables in his yard and he put the tools of his weaponry on the tables for sale in order to make room for new tools. And one tool was very shiny and it had the name on it, Anger. And it was priced at $250. And there was a tool next to it that was more expensive, $400. And it was marked Bitterness. And then there was a tool next to that and it was even shinier. And it had the name Murder on it and it was $500. Then down the road, there was an old tool. It wasn't shiny. It was old. It was well used. But the price tag was $12,000. And a man came through and saw all these prices and said to the devil, why are these tools at this price and why is this one tool so expensive? And the devil says, very simple. That tool is called discouragement. And when none of my other tools will work, I can always count on discouragement because discouragement almost every time will work in a person's life. Now that's a story, but it's very close to being real because the devil is the author of discouragement. And I say to you today, you don't have to stay discouraged. The second thing is you need to remember that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have a covenant with God. You have a personal relationship. You have a contract with the Heavenly Father that He is going to take care of you. I'm telling you, you have a covenant with God. I remember in the Bible, I believe it's in 2 Kings chapter 6, when they were building a new dormitory for their seminary school. And they had gone down and borrowed axes. And they were chopping down wood when one of the axe heads fell off and went into the water and sank to the bottom. And they cried and wept because the axes were borrowed. And Elisha was the prophet. And Elisha came and said, what happened? And they were weeping. They said, look, we, 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 the axe head flew off the handle and it sank to the bottom of the water. And we can't, we can't get it in those muddy waters. And, and alas, alas, they said, Elisha, it was borrowed. What did Elisha do? He did something very unusual. He reached over and took a stick and he threw it in the water. And the Bible says the axe head floated to the top. Now that's not a story, friend, like the story I told about the devil. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. That's what you can depend on. The axe head floated. What does that mean? That means that in the middle of what you've lost, God can turn the whole situation around and bring you a miracle. So remember, 
God has a covenant with you and you have a covenant with God to take care of you. Now, the third thing for you to remember is stop giving voice to disappointment and discouragement and start giving voice to your encouragement. David encouraged himself. There was nobody else around him to, to, to encourage him. So he encouraged himself in the Lord and he began to recite Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. So stop giving voice to discouragement. Shut up about it and start talking faith. Start, uh, stop talking about what the devil says and start talking about what God says. Stop talking about the circumstances and start talking about what the word of God says and believe that God is going to restore. Well, David inquired of the Lord, shall we go after them or shall we let it lie? He asked a question of God and God said, yes, pursue, and you shall recover it all. You may think, well, I can't recover what I've lost. There's nothing too hard for God. The fourth thing is get in the presence of God. Get in the presence of God. I was recently in a minister's conference and the Holy Spirit was so powerful and so real. There were prophetic words given. There were healing miracles happen, happening. There were the laying on of hands. Uh, there was strong preaching and teaching. Uh, there were people that got so excited they began to run around the church in, 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 in a circle because the, because the anointing of God was so strong. I've never felt the presence of God any stronger in my life. Uh, it, it, and it all started with praise and worship. Did you know in, in Bible days they actually put the praise and worship singers in front of the army? Get into the presence of God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. When Paul and Silas were beaten and chained and jailed because of the miracles they had done in Jesus' name and because of their preaching, at midnight in the jail, they began to praise the Lord and they began to sing. Now, they weren't praising God and singing because they had been jailed or because they had been beaten for their faith or because they'd been some kind of outstanding witness? No. But in spite of the fact they were in jail and in prison and had been witnesses, they began to worship and they began to sing. And God sent an earthquake and the earthquake shook the prison and the prison door swung open. About that time, the jailer who was asleep awakened and looked around and saw all the prison doors open and realized it would mean his death because if those prisoners escaped, he knew the Roman government would put him to death. So he took out his dagger to commit suicide kill himself. When Paul shouted, don't do it, we're still here. <laughs> and the jailer got a light and came down the hallway into the jail cell and Paul wound up leading the jailer and his family to the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean to you? It means something good can come out of what seemed like something bad. That's why you need to encourage yourself in the Lord because sometimes there's no one around you to encourage you. Stop talking discouragement. Stop talking fear. Stop talking disappointment. Start saying what the Word of God says. Start talking about the answer. Don't talk about the problem. Talk about the answer. David encouraged himself in the Lord and God said, pursue. And they pursued and they recovered all their wives, all their children, all their families. All was restored to them.
And the same God who did that in David's life and the lives of those 600 men following him is the same God who can do it for you. In the authority of the name of Jesus right now, I come against this satanic attack of discouragement, this fear, this worry. I curse it and pray for healing in every area of your life in Jesus' mighty name. If you've not yet ordered my brand new book, Your Road to a Better Life, I urge you, I really urge you to do it today. Call the Abundant Life Prayer Group, 918-495-7777 online, oralroberts.com, or write me, Richard Roberts. This book, I believe, is going to be a life changer for you. Your Road to a Better Life. 91 chapters, one chapter a day for 13 weeks. And then you read it again three times, and you'll have accomplished reading it four times in an entire year. Your Road to a Better Life. Thank you for listening to the Place for Miracles podcast. If you'd like to receive prayer, call our Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or go to oralroberts.com prayer. Our website also features uplifting articles, online Bible classes, and books such as Your Road to a Better Life by Richard Roberts. It's a 91-day journey to help bring God's miracles into your life. It's about living the better life that we all want a closer relationship with Jesus, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, and getting your needs met in every area. Go online to oralroberts.com to request a copy for your best seed faith gift.